welcome to another episode of D-Listed, the podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. So Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion, as you do. What? Yeah, what one does on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, I'm like sh- we can all relate. We all to make this. yeah, we all make huge purchases. Like, what was your big purchase this week, Allison? Do you want the joke answer or the real answer? Give me both. I'll give you both. You know what? They both apply to each other. I spent thirty five dollars at a Taco Bell drive through yesterday. That was the biggest purchase I made this week. <laughs> Th- that's a big purchase at Taco Bell. It was yeah, especially when I don't order fancy stuff like the steak burrito. I'm getting, I'm getting like the gross meat tacos. So but it adds and up. S- still a better deal than buying Twitter for $44 billion. Oh, at least, so y- at least you, it's you've delicious. Come out, you've come out winning this M- week. Yeah. Michael, what did you blow money on this week? Nothing. So I, so I need to get on that. I need to put my coins together and buy Friendster or something. So I haven't made any big purchases this week. Sorry, I didn't blow my money at Taco Bell like you. But it was that was a smart purchase. That was a very smart purchase. <laughs> But Elon Musk is now the owner of Twitter. The company is going to go private. So rest in peace, Twitter. You had a good run. And it all kind of happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's worth noting that last month, U.S. security regulators asked a judge to regulate Elon Musk's tweets because, you know, he goes says all sorts of shit on Twitter. He goes against cancel culture. He gets himself into trouble. Right. And then sometimes these tweets kind of can impact um, like the reason that like the securities commission or whatever is dragged into is because sometimes he'll tweet something that will end up with like Tesla stock either going way up or way down. Yes, exactly. That's why they've asked to regulate his tweets, because he's the richest, richest man in the world. He is the CEO of a major company. So his tweets can fuck with stock prices. Um, Elon hit back at them, calling their move harassment. Oh God! And around that time, he said that he was thinking of starting his own social media platform and called it the next Twitter. That was in March. So cut to earlier this month on April 4th, it was announced that Elon bought a 9.2% share in Twitter, and that made him the majority shareholder of the company. So for perspective, Jack Dorsey, one of the founders of Twitter and the old CEO owned a little over 2% share. That really surprises me because whenever I watch um, Dragon's Den, which is like the Canadian version of Shark Tank, they always talk about when they're trying to get the, like the sharks to invest or the dragons to invest. And they're saying like, I'm offering you a 49% stake in my company for like $4 million or whatever. And to me, because I don't know anything about business, like nearly nothing, um, I always thought people owned a huge amount of stocks and shares. So when I heard that Elon Musk was the largest shareholder in Twitter with 9%, I thought that can't be right. And that like you're saying like Jack Dorsey owns like 2% of the shares in Twitter. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying it it was very surprising to me that it wasn't like three people owned 33% of the shares. No, I think there's like a ton of investors. So they all own a little percentage. And now, and well, Elon owned 9%. And that's probably the only time I've been jealous of him because he could put on like a gold LeMay, Alexis Carrington ensemble, stomp into Twitter's boardroom and say, I own 
9% of this company. I am majority shareholder of this company. He could have, and that should have been enough for the most reasonable of us. He honestly probably did. So Elon was Twitter's main shareholder, and then the CEO of Twitter, um, Parag Agrawal, announced that Elon was joining the board. But then a quick minute later, it was announced that Elon isn't joining the board after all. And the rumor for the reason, the rumored reason for why he didn't join the board is that they wanted him to do a background check and he didn't want to do that. And that's when things got a bit messy because it looked like Elon was about to pull a, um, cue up the dramatic music, a hostile takeover. And so a Twitter shareholder filed a lawsuit against Elon claiming that he didn't disclose that he bought 5% of Twitter like he was required to do so. And keeping quiet allowed him to buy more shares of Twitter when the stock price was down and it cheated shareholders out of profits. So So, that all happened. So a business scam. Yeah, they said like he should have told everyone he was buying up stocks and he didn't so they sued him but on april 14th just 10 days after we learned that he was the majority shareholder of twitter elon announced that he had made a formal offer to buy 100 percent of twitter for around 43 billion dollars in an all-cash deal that's about 54 dollars a share and FYI, Elon's reported net worth is around, it goes up and down, but not much, $260 billion. And Elon said he wanted to buy Twitter because he wants to unlock its potential to be the platform of free speech. Okay, here's what Twitter doesn't need to be. It does not need, to, it does not need its potential unlocked. It's already an uh, open door. There's no lock on that door. The door is swinging off the hinges. The, the wind keeps knocking the door against the side of the wall. It's just like thump, thump, thump. Anyone can come in and out. This is, Twitter is not a secret club. It's a mess. Well, that's what you think, which I agree with you. But I think going back to the regulating his tweets, Uh I think that's what he's talking about. (laughs) Like he's saying, I'm going to buy Twitter so I can basically tweet whatever I want. Yeah, because I've seen, okay, Michael, here's another thing. I don't know anything about business, so I keep bringing up business stuff. And you're going to be like, Allison, you need to at least read the Wikipedia page on the stuff you're talking about first. But I've read places that it this is all a big pump and dump scheme. And do you know what a pump and dump scheme is? That's usually what I call regular Friday night for me. That's what I was going to assume. Yeah. It was, right? I was just like, I heard pump and dump. I immediately thought of you on a Friday night. But it's so it's like when you kind of like fuck around with stocks so that you can drive up the prices and then you sell them and then they fall really quickly, I believe. I have not watched Succession. I feel like Succession would explain this properly to me because that is a business show. But anyways, the point here is all of this feels kind of like an elaborate scheme to, for example, make it so that his tweets don't have to be regulated anymore so that he could fuck around on Twitter and get stock prices rising so that he can sell them really quickly. I don't think I don't think it's he's I don't think he cares too much about, you know, Joe Jackoff in Montana being like, why am I not allowed to why am I not allowed to criticize the government? I don't think that that's his no, main yeah. goal here. He probably bought Twitter for Elon probably bought Twitter for Elon. But um, so cue the dramatic music again, because when he said that he wants to buy Twitter, 
the board plan to bust out something called a poison pill. And what a poison pill is, it's a defense to prevent a hostile takeover. So it allows existing shareholders to buy stocks at a discount, which would dilute the ownership of someone like Elon, who was planning a hostile takeover. But that didn't happen. And on April 25th, the board reviewed Elon's offer and accepted it. And there's they have to go through a ton of shit, but it's a done deal pretty much, and Twitter will become a private company. And so Elon has a lot of money, but that doesn't mean he has billions and billions and billions of cash at hand. So how is he paying for this? Um, Well, you know, Elon did say recently that he doesn't own a house or whatever, and that he couch surfs from friend's place to friend's place. So I would think that he got the money by checking the couch cushions of his friends Every time he went to a friend's house and slept on their couch, he checked the cushions. You know, he probably has a lot of rich friends. And that's how he got the money to buy Twitter. Absolutely. Every single one of those friends, after they heard that the Twitter deal went through, they probably ran to their couches, flipped all the cushions off and said, "Okay, well, there was change under here last week, but it's not here now. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. So he just (laughs) he made a lot of enemies. He's not going to be couch surfing. He burned some couch bridges. Yeah, he's going to have to find new couches. But no, this is so he's going to borrow $13 billion from various sources. And then he's going to borrow $12.5 billion against his own equity holdings and pay around $21 billion from his own holdings. I do not know what that means. I don't, but, know, what, um, I don't know what holdings is. I'm not Susie Orman. But um, apparently after Elon bought Twitter, Tesla... His other company mm-hmm. lost $126 billion in its value. And Tesla investors are apparently afraid that the the company is going to lose more because Elon will have to sell Tesla shares to pay for Twitter. I mean, that's obviously what's going to have to happen. I mean, unless he's sitting on, I mean, the only person who's sitting on that much liquid cash is Scrooge McDuck, who, as we all know, is, is a, a real person. Yeah, exactly. And also, Scrooge McDuck, I would argue, is probably dead by now because in the 80s, he was an old man. So He's um, ageless. He lives forever. Like Dolly and Charo, he lives forever. He's also rich, so he's probably invested in one of those things where they, like, freeze your body every once in a while. Cryogenical freezing. Yeah. Yeah. So he can he's... last a long time. So, But aside from Scrooge McDuck, notable billionaire, uh... It's like, yeah, where's Elon Musk going to get all this liquid cash from? He's going to have to start selling stuff. And, I mean, we know he can't sell a house because he claims he doesn't have one. He doesn't have shares. Yeah, shares it's got to be. So, of course, this has worried a lot of Twitter users since they're afraid that Twitter is going to be more of a bro wasteland where Joe Rogans will run free and say whatever they want. Um, So, and of course... Trump, you know, he was kicked off of Twitter for spreading misinformation, among other things. So people are afraid that Elon is now going to welcome Trump back. But Trump said that if he's welcome back, he's not going to go back to Twitter because he has his own social media platform, which please, he would come back to Twitter in a second. I know. Name his name, his stupid social media platform. Can anyone do this? I honestly forgot the name and I do not want to remember it. Can you do you remember the name? Is it Parler? Or did he make up his own? No, that's another one. You know what it is? It's uh, oh, fuck. Truth Social. 
And I oh, hate that back, I know he'd, that. He'd be I back hate on that Twitter in a second. He'd be like, please do not make me labor in this quagmire that is truth social. How corny does that sound? Yeah, he's coming back. So if they let him back. So some have left Twitter, like uh, Jamila Jamil, she's left. Others claim that they're losing hundreds of followers and they believe it's from people quitting Twitter over Elon Musk being Twitter's new daddy. Mm-hmm. And Allison, I know you use Twitter. Is I it do. your favorite social media platform? You know what? I It's like my heart says like, no, it's not. But my brain says, yeah, it is. Like, that's the one I'm on all the time. I update it more than anything. And yeah, I think it is. Like, I enjoy I enjoy being on Twitter. I enjoy reading stuff from people. And yeah. So are you going to stay? I'm staying because it's like, where am I going to go? Where Really, where am I going to go? Truth social. <laughs> Truth social. Parlor. I'll go back to Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook in like 11 years. Suddenly okay, I go you're back. You're not missing like, anything. You're not I missing like anything. open an account. I'm like, mm, hi, Mark. hi, Mark Zuckerberg. How's it going over here? Um, I'm not going to leave because it's one of those things where it doesn't, from where I stand, it doesn't directly affect me because I already see tons of like garbage and hate on Twitter anyway. And I'm constantly, I'm a bit of a Karen of Twitter. I report tons of stuff. So whenever I see hateful tweets, I'm I'm rep- I'm hitting that report button so quickly. That and means you're going to be banned on Elon's Twitter. You're going to be banned I'm so be fast. Done. But that's the thing. It's like I just have to accept the fact that on Elon's Twitter there will no- there won't be a report button anymore. That's I'll go true. to report that's something good... hateful, and I'll just be like, I'll I'll be like looking for the report button. They're like, Do you want to retweet this? I'm like, No, I don't think so. They're like, I think you want to retweet this. Like, I definitely don't want to retweet this. No, the only when you go to reports. The only option is going to be: Are you reporting this profile because they have they them in their they have they them pronouns in their profile? Yes, yes. that's <laughs> yeah. the only thing you can report. Yeah, Elon's like free speech, except also like here's the people that are going to get yeah. banned. So Elon's plans for Twitter include promoting free speech, like we said, uh, trying to get rid of bots and scam bots by authenticating accounts to prove that it's a real human, which Twitter already does with check marks, but they're going to do that for everybody. He says, like, they're, you'll have to authenticate with a phone number or something. Um, Twitter was already working on an edit button before Elon bought it. So an edit button is coming. Uh, Elon wants to make Twitter's algorithm an open source. And so there are, are those changes good for you, Allison? <laughs> <laughs> as a as a prolific Twitter user who has like, uh, I don't know, like maybe maybe 500 followers or something. Um, I think that like, listen, oh God, I hate to give credit where credit's due. I like the idea of an edit button because I'm stupid and I never proofread my tweets. So it's nice to have the edit button. I also like the idea of authenticating the users because there are so many bots and you can tell because it's like random name and then like eight random numbers after and you're like, come on, you are not a person. You do not exist. So I'm happy to see those go away. But then I'm like, well, they're just going to get replaced by something else. Probably something even more hateful. And the edit button... Um, maybe this has been addressed. I haven't really looked into it. But so let's say you like someone's tweet. They say yep. whatever. I like Taco Bell. So right. let's say then you like it and then they edit it to I hate Taco Bell. I know, so that... suddenly you have liked Taco Bell hate. I know that that and that's not free speech to me. That's an abuse of free speech. That's hate yeah. speech. That's trickery. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's a gimmick. That's a scam. I don't like that. That's what I would be afraid of is that somebody would then 
change it into something and then they would pull some gotcha and take some screen grabs and yeah yeah yeah, that could happen Uh, but listen at 43 billion dollars do you think this was a good buy (laughs) oh my god michael that's like (laughs) that's like that's like looking at like a 1987 buick lesabre filled with mcdonald's garbage and someone being like, you know, I bought that car for a hundred thousand dollars, and you're like, wow, you are bad with money. <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible thing to spend your money on. No, there's like, I couldn't even think of a reasonable amount that Twitter would be worth. The, even one billion—that's way too much money for that website. For what's going on there, it's like a sad basement. You don't six hundred thousand dollars should have been his cap. That's it. Yeah, no higher it, than that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. And it seems, feels like an impulse buy to me. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's the that's the target dollar section when you first walk in and they have items for a dollar or five dollars and you fill up your cart. Not a good idea. Okay, so let's get into another mess. I'm talking about the lawsuit between Black China and the Kardashians. So Black China, um, she was a stripper, then she was a video hoe. She was with rapper Tiga for a little bit. They have a son together named King Cairo. Tyga left China for Kylie Jenner when Kylie was only 17. China then got with Kylie's brother, Rob Kardashian, and they have a child named Dream. Rob and China later split, and the split was messy. The custody situation was messy. And then Kylie and Tiga, Tyga also split. So we know all the players in this saga now, right? Yeah, it's like a square. Yeah. <laughs> so Rob and China broke up in 2017. It was messy. There were various lawsuits filed. Um, in 2017, China sued Rob for posting naked pictures of her. China uh, then sued... Oh, Rob and... Ch- Kylie Jenner sued China for assault and for causing damage to Kylie's house. And then also in 17, China's lawyers were very busy in 2017. They still are. China filed the lawsuit we're going to talk about today. She sued all of the Kardashians over the e-reality show she did with Rob called Rob in China. And... Rob and China ran for one season on E! in 2016. It was a hit, and a second season was ordered, was announced. But then in 2017, E! announced that the show's second season was on hold, and the show has never come back, and it is never coming back. China filed a lawsuit against the Kardashians because she believed they used their powers to get her show canceled, thus fucking with her money. So China is suing for $100 million in money she lost from the show getting canceled. And she also accused the Kardashians of defamation. Mm-hmm. Michael, did you ever watch Robin China? Did I? Maybe just clips. Like that yeah. one on Twitter or whatever. I never watched a full episode. Yeah, I wasn't loyal, but I was the same. I watched clips on Twitter and I was like, this is somewhat entertaining. I can see how it was like a success. Uh, no. Anyways, <laughs> China was suing the entire Kardashian family pretty much. But later she dropped the others and only left Rob Kardashian, Kris Jenner, and Kim Kardashian on the lawsuit. She kept 
Chris and Kim because they have like producer power or something. Yeah. So she thinks that they killed her show. And the Kardashians are claiming that Robin China was canceled because the two broke up and they also had a horrible, horrible relationship. Yeah. So the trial started last week and I want to say I'm going to quickly go over what went down, but this is probably going to take me six hours. So get a protein bar. (laughs) Okay. So during jury duty, several prospective jurors dragged the Kardashians to their faces. They were in court. One said that reality TV is bad for society. Another said that they hope the Kardashians don't get richer from this trial. And another dude said he can't be impartial because he's seen Kim's sex tape. One way to get out of jury duty. Yeah. (laughs) Save that one in your pocket. China testified and she admitted to pointing a gun at Rob and strangling him with an iPhone cord, something we've heard before. She confirmed it, but she said she was just joking. Yes. But she denied getting violent with Rob and said that the most damage she ever did was break a gingerbread house during a fight. She also got emotional while testifying about Rob leaking her nude pics. Chris took the stand and testified that she did hear from Kylie and Tiga, who were together at the time, that China threatened to kill Kylie Jenner. So Chris testified that she heard from Kylie and Tiga that, um, and I keep saying his name all kind of different ways, so I'm sorry. I realize, well, you've said his name like five different times, but that um, that China threatened to kill Kylie, but that they didn't get the police involved because Chris, you know, wanted to keep in the family and she's used to that kind of drama. And Chris testified that she was okay with China and Rob getting together, even though China wished death upon Kylie because Chris believes in love and wanted them to win. That's the most one of the most insane things from this trial, by the way, because imagine imagine if like one of your kids girlfriends is threatening to kill one of your other kids and you're like, on the one hand, I definitely don't want death threats against this child. But on the other hand, I'm rooting for this other child because I believe in love. (laughs) Well, I think what she was really thinking is this is amazing. All this drama is going to be put in the show and I'm going to get so much richer. She she doesn't believe in love. She believes in money. That's what it is. So um, Corey, Chris's um, boyfriend, Corey Gamble, also testified that he witnessed China beat Rob with a rod and then hit him with an iPhone cord. And he had to break up the fight. Um, Kylie testified that China sent her threatening texts like she was like China was threatening to kick her ass. Mm hmm. Um, and Tyga also told Kylie that China beat him up. And so Kylie warned Rob about getting into a relationship with her. Chloe testified that she was afraid the toxicness of China and Rob's relationship would ruin the family brand. Uh, Kim <laughs> testified too and said that she had no control of Rob and China's show. And um, an executive producer of the show of Rob and China testified that a second season was never greenlit because things got too messy between Rob and China and they didn't want to cover that. Mm-hmm. Even though like we can kind of go back and like into 2017 and remember that they were talking that a second season was going to happen. Right? Yeah, but the, yeah. the producer testified that it was never greenlit. 
Right. So they like, might have said like it's going to happen, but then Eep may have never ordered it. That's right. what this producer testified. Right. A contract might have never been printed out from the print. Yeah. And China's mom, Tokyo Tony, was banned from the courtroom because she went off about the trial on Instagram and said that she's going to get the judge, um, which truly never good something idea. you do not want to do. And so she was banned from the courtroom. Ch- uh, Tokyo Tony later denied threatening the judge and said she was talking about Chris. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tokyo Tony said, I'm going to get the judge, not I'm going to get lucifer's favorite mistress also also it's like when your daughter is on trial and people are accusing her of threatening members of a family maybe don't go on instagram and then threaten members of that family or the judge (laughs) or the the judge that should probably be rule number one yeah keep, um, keep your threats inside your own head that so that's the gist so china it's probably a violent mess. Pimp Mama Chris cares more about her family's brand than the well-being of her children. Chloe as well. So, I mean, we really didn't learn anything new. But I, me thinks that the Kardashians are going to win this one. And God damn it, we all lose when the Kardashians win. I know. I have to agree with you. I, I feel like the evidence that's being presented, there's just too many stories where people are corrupt, like corrupt corroborating collaborating co- collaborating co- collab co- co- cooperating corroborate yeah i'll just say getting together and confirming um <laughs> where they're all confirming stories with each other and saying well maybe she used an iphone cord to choke out rob and maybe she did more than just destroy a gingerbread house and yeah it it seems like it seems like china this might not work out in her favor no, I don't think she's going to get $10, let alone $100 million, but we'll oh, see. Would not be terrible is if the Kardashians win, and then they also, part of their win, is that they demand that China pay for their legal bills, too? I mean, China already said that she's going broke. She had to get rid of three luxury cars. So <laughs> they really, I mean, China's already pretty broke since she had to get rid of three luxury cars and only has two now. She's- I mean... That's Pretty barely anything. Yeah, yeah. She, she's broker than Elon Musk, who doesn't own a house. And so finally, let's talk about my favorite thing, Dick. Yeah. An online pharmacy <laughs> named From Mars conducted a study on which countries have the biggest average dick size. And they came up with their list from looking at Google. Google, just Google. <laughs> yeah, so this is definitely a highly researched and accurate study. Mm-hmm. The Mayo Clinic who? So I'm going to give you the top 10 of your top destinations to visit if you're a size queen, okay? Coming in at number 10 is uh, Zambia with an average dick length of 6.21 inches. Then there's a three-way tie for number seven. <laughs> The Netherlands, Cuba, and Gambia with 6.25 inches. Number six is Senegal with 6.26 inches. Number five, Haiti with 6.30 inches. Number four, Sudan with 
for eight inches. And now we're going to the top three. Number three, Bolivia with 6.50 inches, six and a half inches. Um, number two is Cameroon <laughs> with 6.56 inches. And coming in at number one with an average dick length of 6.93 is Ecuador. Ecuador. Congratulations, Ecuador. Grab the lube, book your trip to Ecuador while you can. (laughs) Also, these numbers, I mean, uh, you know, size queens will know more about this than I do. But um, I know that we're going by the average, but I was expecting those numbers to be higher. What? Yeah, like I was expecting like... You think everybody's around there walking around there with a nine inch dick, eight inch dick? (laughs) I was going to say 12. (laughs) Like these like massive, massive hogs. Well, actually that brings us to our home countries, Allison. Mm -hmm. So your homeland of Canada Uh came in at number 12, almost the top 10. Shocking. With 6.19 inches. That's... That's very surprising because it is cold here. (laughs) (laughs) So as for my homeland of the United States, we tied with Israel. And we both came in at number 59. 59? Okay, first of all, she was 69. But secondly, how many countries are there in the world? With... 5.35 5.35 inches and that's so that's 59 out of 86 countries in this study that's <laughs> so we flopped we have we're practically the small dick capital of the world that's what america should change its slogan to i don't know what america's slogan is right now i mean i cannot confirm the val- validity of this study since i'm obviously a virgin who has never seen a penis no you're in waiting person, you're another man's tonight. penis in person yeah yeah but I am shocked that the United States is not number one. Well, we've got Donald Trump, we've got Joe Rogan, we've got Jared Leto, and they're the biggest dicks in the world. Hmm, that's correct. And they don't live in Ecuador the last time I checked. Yeah, so we're citation needed. Very much. So, Michael, I don't know how you learned about anatomy, the human body, I should say, when you had questions. But we recently learned how Jonathan Groff, Broadway's Jonathan Groff, learned anatomy when he had questions. So Jonathan Groff is a, like I said, he's a Broadway person. Um, To anyone who is like a Disney person, he's Kristoff from Frozen as well. Um, But he also started Spring Awakening, which has its like 15 year anniversary this year so he started that with Leah Michelle Glee's me and Leah Michelle and also uh the Leah Michelle who got canceled uh a couple years ago for allegedly being a terror on the set of Glee um so they were both in Spring Awakening so now they have this like documentary about Spring Awakening and also Leah Michelle and Jonathan Graff are like best friends so we recently learned from Leah that um, so Jonathan Groff is gay and she said that he didn't know what was going on down there when it came to women. So instead of like pulling up Google, uh, she says that she grabbed a desk lamp and she showed him what was going on herself. 
<laughs> what exactly did she show him? Yeah, I guess I should be more specific because it sounds like I could be talking about uh, an ingrown toenail. I could be talking about like an odd kneecap. kneecap. Yeah, yeah, ingrown pubic hair. Exactly. No, she's she was talking about like her vulva and all the like basically belly button to butthole. She was giving him like a little sex ed class. Was it like butter? What? <laughs> her vagina was well, probably like margarine because she's a barber. Streisand impersonator. Right. Oh, so poor margarine. <laughs> but so Leah said my, I think she said my whole vagina. I showed right. him my whole vagina. And so it's like, she didn't say I showed him my vulva, like you said, or my coochie. She said a whole vagina. So it's like, we're all picturing Jonathan Groff, like going into yeah, her with- vagina, <laughs> looking around. Looking at her sugar walls. Yeah, he's got like a speculum, like a gynecologist cranking that thing open. Shoving the desk lamp like in there. He's like, can I get a hundred watt bulb on this thing? It's not strong enough. (laughs) Oh my lord. Honestly, I feel like that's one of those things where you have to be like a very good friend to someone to do that. Because I'm not that type of friend. No, and I don't think he even asked. (laughs) No! (laughs) She just offered. She just assumed. She's like, I, I figure you're clueless, so get over here. Yeah, and it's not like they're, I mean, when they were young, the internet was around. So like you said, he could have just Googled. Oh, I you go to bar. Or learn from the joy of sex like all of us did. Yeah, it, that's the proper way to do it. Yeah. Is to sneak a copy of the joy of sex and figure it out yourself. Kids these days. <laughs> Kids, they're like our age. <laughs> so, um, Michael, there's an actor named Misha Collins. Are you familiar with Misha Collins? I've heard of him before this story, but right. no. Okay, I so, know he's on. I know of him. Right. So Supernatural fans, if there's any Supernatural fans listening, they're probably screaming right now because they know exactly who Misha Collins is. He's on the show Supernatural, which has like a huge fandom. It's got like a massive cult following. I don't know him from that. I know him as like the hippie who tried to get with Winona Ryder in Girl Interrupted. Um, That's the only thing I know him from. But now I know him this week because Misha Collins came out as bisexual last week, except that he didn't come out as bisexual. So he was at a supernatural convention and he asked the crowd, like with a show of hands, um, who would consider themselves to be introverts, who would consider themselves to be extroverts, and who would consider themselves to be bisexual. And so like hands went up, whatever. And then he said like, well, I would be all three. And the internet, of course, was like, okay, so he just came out as bi. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I would assume, too. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. He's saying I'm all three. So, I'm all three, and yeah. one of those three is bi, so. Yeah, but apparently no. So he had to, like, clarify. He released a statement. He said, my clumsy intention was to wave off actually discussing my sexuality, but I badly fumbled that and understand that it was seen as me coming out as bisexual. This was not my intention, so I need to correct the record. I am not bisexual. I happen to be straight. And then he went on to say that he's a fierce LGBTQIA ally and that he's just so sick to his stomach that he was so clumsy with his language because he would never co-op the struggles of LGBTQIA people. Um, but he he came out as straight after coming out, accidentally coming out as bi. Very brave, very brave. But that this was my favorite story of the week because yeah. all the headlines were like, Misha Collins comes out as bi the next day. Misha Collins comes out as straight. Straight. <laughs> he misspoke. 
And see, I've if you watch the video, mm-hmm. he says I'm all three kind of under his breath. Right. So it was like So his agent coming. probably got to him because his agent's like writing up the thing right now being like, "Oh, I am typing up such a statement for you." Let me tell you really quick my favorite bisexual story. Okay. And I may have told this story before, so just bear with me. I'm your drunk uncle who repeats stories. <laughs> but this was when I worked at a clothing store. Okay. And a customer came up to me and he pointed at a bunch of t-shirts that were like folded on the table. Yes. And he pointed to them and he asked me, are these shirts bisexual? <laughs> and I'm like, sir, these t-shirts, sexuality are none of your business. He, but no, he meant unisex. You're like, sir, I'm not going to be, I'm not one to be outing t-shirts without their permission. <laughs> but he meant unisex. Yeah. <laughs> Bisexual. <laughs> How old was this person? It was Misha Collins, actually. Okay. Now that you should ask. <laughs> He's like, oh, that was clumsy of me to ask for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so Michael, do you know what you're having for dinner tonight? Have you booze. planned your menu? Weed and booze. Okay. What are you going to have? Taco Bell. Oh, two days in a row? I wish. <laughs> McDonald's. I had that for lunch. <laughs> I Popeyes. Popeyes. I legitimately had it for lunch. <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing. If I decide not to have Popeyes and you decide not to have weed and booze, I've got the perfect recipe for us. It's okay. very simple. It comes courtesy of Stephen okay. King, the Great. writer. Great. So That's last- who I look to for all my culinary needs. Me too. Stephen King. So Fuck I'm all, Food I'm Network. All, yeah, yeah, I'm all ears. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's, what's the uh, <laughs> iconic writer Stephen King making for dinner tonight? So last week he was on Twitter and and just like apropos of nothing, he's like, dinner idea. He says, get a nice salmon filet at the supermarket. Okay. Not too big. Step one. Mm-hmm. Step one. It can't okay. be too big. Okay. Which is okay for America because we know that they come in in the 59th place when it comes to size. Yeah. So he says, put some olive oil and lemon juice on it. Wrap it in damp paper towels. Nuke it in the microwave for three minutes or so. Eat it. Maybe add a salad. And then after people started hating on him justifiably, he said, don't knock it if you've never tried it. I'm never going to try it. Get him an air fryer. Fuck. It's 2022, (laughs) Stephen King. I know. Keep the horror shows in your novels, not in the microwave. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fish smell in the microwave. That's true misery. Well, just cooking fish and cooking anything that's not a microwave meal in the microwave or warming it up. Like cooking chicken. Like um, Hottie in Flavor of Love when she cooked the chicken in the microwave. Yes. It's going to be so soggy. (laughs) It's so weird. Also, I hate to say it. I hate to be this person that points this out. Stephen King's recipe does not have salt or pepper in it. So you know that it's It's nasty all around. It's very gross. It's disgusting. I'm sorry, Stephen King. Not even a cat would eat it. A cat would eat it, but that's about it. Begrudgingly. (laughs) Okay, so Michael, we've talked about um, Danielle Bergoli on the podcast before. Danielle Bergoli, as we all know, aka the Cash Me Outside girl from Dr. That, Phil. That's all I know her as. I don't know her as Danielle um, Bergoli. Did, did I only know her as the Cash Me Outside girl. And sometimes Bad Baby. Bad Baby. That's her yes. rap name. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard a couple of her songs. And yeah, I would say that the, I mostly would recognize her from Dr. Phil. So that was six years ago. And she was recently talking about how she kind of hates being only known as like 
Cash Me Outside girl that she's done so much. She's accomplished so much more in six years. And so in order to prove that she's accomplished so much, she started listing off her credentials, one of which being that she earned an alleged $50 million from one year on OnlyFans. That sounds fake as hell, obviously. So people called her bullshit. And that's when she decided to post a screenshot of what she claims was her subscription earnings over the past 12 months from like April 2021 to April 2022. And at the very bottom, it showed that she had um, a gross of almost $53 million. After deductions, it said her net take home was about $42 million, which is still $41.9 million more than I would have expected her to make on OnlyFans. I know because... There's a lot of sick fucks out there. And she had just turned 18, I think, when she joined OnlyFans. Ooh, gross. So, yeah, that's where the money came from, for sure. Oh, that's terrible. Also, this is on Dr. Phil. And you know that Dr. Phil's going to be coming to claim some of that money. Well, I was curious. Like, maybe the Cash Me Outside girl is not richer than Dr. Phil. I was just Uh curious. His, what the internet tells me, his net worth is like $450 million. That's too much money. Blame Oprah. Yeah, it all comes back to Oprah. It all comes back. That, that $42 million on OnlyFans has Oprah's blood on it. <laughs> She's directly responsible. Okay, so Michael, we've talked before on the podcast about things that the queen eats and what she drinks, like what she has for breakfast, yeah, snacks. We, we know everything. We know her in c- complete dietary plan for somebody who is such a private person we know entirely too much about what she puts in her body or where she puts her body like on her expensive golf cart so recently we learned how the queen eats a banana i know that this has been keeping you up at night i've been wondering so i'm I'm glad you're you're covering this okay so your insomnia is cured i look very forward to you going to sleep tonight you're gonna enjoy it so there's an etiquette expert named darren mcgrady he wrote a book called eating royally so again, oh if you want to find out, if you want to find out like what Prince Charles eats, pick up this book. I'm sure they cover it in there too. That sounds like a different book to me, but oh, <laughs> yeah, that one's not published by Darren McGrady. Okay, so he says that the queen won't peel and bite into a banana like a monkey. These are his words, by the way. I he thinks that you peeling a banana and biting into it is something only a monkey does, <laughs> which I'm sorry, Darren McGrady, l- literally everybody that's how they eat banana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But not the queen. So instead what she does is she cuts both ends of the banana with a okay. knife and a fork. She cuts them off. Those are gone. Okay. Makes sense because even you and I don't eat the ends of a banana. Then uh, she slip. I eat the end of a banana. The nipple part. The peel. Oh, the peel. I thought you meant like the end. Oh, the ends. tip. The tip, yeah. Okay, see, that's where we differ because I don't do tips. Okay, she cuts the tips. She cuts the tips off but while the peel is on the banana. So it's okay, fully pancaked. It. Cuts those ends off. Then she cuts along the banana and slides her knife under the skin. a lot of work, Allison. Okay. For a banana, I know. I know, and then Okay. Once the banana's free from its peel, she then takes mm-hmm. her knife and her fork and then she cuts very small slices so that she doesn't have to shove a whole thing in her mouth. And that's how she eats a banana is little tiny pieces bit by bit with a knife and a fork. And then the peel is the only thing that remains. She doesn't cut it. Her (laughs) lady in waiting or butler or whatever cuts it. I know. We're assuming far too much. We're like, wow, she does all this work. No, she doesn't. 
<laughs> no, she does not. Also, Michael, listen, I want to make a joke about Prince Philip always looking so grumpy, but that man is dead and I'm going to show some respect. So I will not make a joke about. I, I know. I know what the joke's going to be. <laughs> OK, but see, and I disagree because I think the queen is a lady in the streets, a freak in the sheets. And when she gets to her bedchamber, she pulls out a banana and she deep throats it like the way we all eat it. Deep throat style. She has to. That's the only way to explain. That's the only way to eat a banana. Okay, episode 167 is now in the bag. Um, We are done. But before we leave you here, um, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We'll be back next week. And now I'm off to Ecuador. So have fun, Michael. I will. Bye. Bye.